To Here for the Health of It podcast, we are excited. We have Emil, who is the founder and CEO of Soda City Markets. Hello. So, and it's exciting because one of the main things that whenever we have guests on and we say, what do you love about Winnipeg or what do you, <laughs> Winnipeg, Winnipeg, where I used to live, what do you love about Columbia and what do you like to do? Almost every single time they say the Soda City Market's an amazing thing that we do here and we go there all the time. So we appreciate you being on here. Thank you for having me. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I um, I got into Columbia. I arrived in Columbia about 30 years ago from Decatur, Georgia. Okay. I'm 54 years old now. And um, I uh, went to grad school here after sort of trying to find something to do. And... Um, studied international relations and focused on agriculture and eventually focused on South Carolina. And um, that led me to start a farm, which led me to start a market, which led us here today. Wow. So you started this as a farmer. Yes. Looking for a place to sell your food directly farm to table, basically. That's correct. So uh, maybe some of the younger viewers wouldn't remember uh, or listeners. Um, there was a day before the internet and before the food network channel oh, yeah. and all that kind of yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so when I first started farming in 1993, um, it's everything you would hope it would be nowadays, but at those days, nobody cared. Mm-hmm. Um, they just wanted cheap or something or another. So, um, I farmed for 10 years. I farmed produce and then, um, took a think and came around back with uh, livestock and uh, grew hogs for 10 years. And at the front end of that, in 2005, I started what I call then the all local farmers market. And that has grown to this thing today after wow. several locations around town and all that. So that was the start date, 2005? November, 2005. Nice. And was that on Main Street? Or tell us the evolution of how all that okay. came about. Um, one of my very best friends from Columbia and Someone who I've known uh, one of the longest times is Christian Nimi, who owns Bourbon Restaurant and Black Rooster. Yeah. And um, I, I had sold him products and whatever, sold him you know farm products. Uh, <clears throat> and then when I got the idea to do this farmers market or this market, and I said, "Can we do it at your restaurant?" Which was at the time Gervais and Vine on Gervais Street, mm-hmm. and um, has a nice little courtyard. And we started on a rainy November day in 2005. Um, with six vendors, 225 people came, I counted. Wow. Um, and uh, the reason we were able to start in November is because I had seen what a lot of other markets do still to this day is put, you know, just the market on for a little bit during the summer or something like that. But as a livestock producer, I knew that at least people like like <coughs> like me and other folks that didn't necessarily grow a summer crop would uh, be able to put a market on year round because of our climate. And in fact, you can grow vegetables and we've never missed a single week of vegetables uh, in just nearly 20 years uh, of putting on market. So anyway, so I figured I could do it year round and I, in my head, it was like a meat and three market. I would need meat, vegetables, um, you know, some bread, rice, something like that. Anyway, and flowers. Um, so that's sort of the basic setup that we had with the with the five or six vendors. And then um, we moved around town. First, it was, you know, for a little couple of months, it was just once a month. Then it was every other week. Then it was every other week in a different location. Until I sort of learned the lesson, like, this is too confusing for people. <laughs> so yeah. you have to be able to get up in the morning. And if it's a Saturday and it's not Christmas or if there's not a flood or a pandemic, then you can go to the X place yeah. and it's rain or shine. Here we go. So, yeah. that, so that was that was sort of a opening, uh, mental opening for me. And uh, anyway, so we ended up for a few years at Whaley Street, 7-Eleven, which is right next to 701, Richard uh, Burt's beautiful uh, event center and uh, apartments and um we stayed there for a few years and more or less grew out of it the day that we moved into it and uh then we figured things out with the city 
at the at the behest of Mayor Benjamin, then Mayor Benjamin, and uh, so then we started at Main Street. And, uh, yeah, how was the negotiation to say, hey, we want to shut down part of Main Street every Saturday? Bumpy, <laughs> bumpy. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, it was to be fair. Like, okay, I had been in the woods for you know, I don't know, long time, fifteen years. So I wasn't like exactly prepared to socialize, and, <laughs> you know, so forth. And, have even even enter a lot of opinion you know like take it take account into someone i just that wasn't the mindset i was in because that wasn't the world i lived in um and to be fair they had not negotiated such a thing either so yes. uh, we both had a a little learning process and a learning curve and it was beneficial uh certainly beneficial to me i hope for everyone else mm-hmm. but um but you know you learn yeah you know you tried something you haven't done before and with somebody else who hasn't done it before the chances of you getting it right the first time out are zero or or turn into something that everybody talks about Mm -hmm. right right right. i mean some of the ideas on you know uh you know former city uh members uh uh, whatever administration or something like that not council but uh would be like oh you can only have it on this block and only be on one side of the street i was thinking uh well you have cars in this stretch? I was like, yeah. I said, well, I don't even think that's legal. You can't, you can't do that. You know, you have to fire lanes, all this other stuff. Anyway, so it was like a bunch of just like weird little stuff to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to also like bring to fore what I knew about selling things to people because uh, I had already done this at this point for, I don't know, a number of years, like 10 mm-hmm. to be more specific. So I couldn't really sacrifice things that I knew would damage the enterprise, such as um, which block this thing started. So if we were to start on a block that has a lot of uh, mirror glass and giant buildings and no real street game at street level, that's not so good. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to start on a block with shorter buildings and more history and more charm and the old clock and Sylvans and all that stuff. And you can move on to the literally they're called brutalist architecture blocks uh there you know and i guess it's a thing but it's not really super good looking um but anyway so you can move on to there but you can't really start there so it was like i knew things that that couldn't be sacrificed because someone would get there and they wouldn't even realize but they wouldn't feel comfortable so, so what year was that that you ended up on main street when did it that 20 october 20 12 2012 yeah because i i moved here in oh or 2010 and i remember hearing about it Mm -hmm. later on after i was here for a few years so um so talk to us more about the strategy there on you knew what block you wanted to to start Mm -hmm. that on yeah and and i guess was there any other people or committees or who helped you along the way in those initial years um, or even today? Well, I would say, first of all, this is a privately run business. This is a public-private partnership. Mm-hmm. We don't take any uh, grants or any public funding or monies or whatsoever. It's entirely self-supporting. We don't do any of that. Nice. And that's a principal thing, not an ability thing, because it would definitely be the elephant in the room, you know, as far as like numbers of zip codes and people suppliable and so forth. But right. So that's, that's an important fact to just know. Um, and it leads to the fact that no, there's no committees and there's no nothing like that. This is the business. I got people, we know what we're doing. We've been doing a long time and we make decisions therein and try to make it happen. So the one place I will say I learned a lot and anybody listening who's selling anything or buying anything, which is automatically everybody, uh, would do themselves good to read any books by Paco Underhill. And those are, books are available on Amazon for like Paco 10 Underhill. to 15 bucks a pop. They're going to, it's science. He's a, I think an anthro- a sociologist. I think that's what it is. Um, but anyway, Paco Underhill is the founder of retail science. And uh, that was back in the 70s at the University of Arizona. And just real briefly, a clothing store had, uh, renovated and were surprised that their sales were lower after the renovation than before. So they call in somebody who they hope they can help, Paco Underhill. And uh, what he did is set up cameras, and this is now known as the butt brush study. So these circular racks were placed too close together. So when the when the shoppers were back to back against these things, you know, your butt would brush. Yeah. So it, it didn't mean you were. It didn't mean you would fly out of the store, but it right. gave you an overall impression that that's not where you're comfortable, or maybe you don't want to buy something, yeah. or whatever. But as soon as they removed some racks and spread these things out, sales picked up, and all was good. So fast forward to these days, now you have you know trillions upon trillions of data points, 
that was the data point there other than like maybe um, before that would have been like surveys or something, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, or just ledgers, I suppose. Um, so now, you know, every time you pick up your phone or buy gas or, you know, for all I know, do this podcast, your new data point. Right. right. Um, so, but there's, there, that's, it started somewhere and it started with him and he writes some really good books and yes, they are grounded in science, although they read more like people magazine. You're, you'll see yourself reflected in yeah. there. You'll, a male and a female react to different colors of signs that say sale on them. Hmm. And this goes on and on and on and on. There are so many things to, that you can take into account. So I read those books and I shoved it all together and I created this brand name for exact reason. And I created the brand, uh, the icon. And these are both, um, you know, this is based on the circle. So many, many, if not most great brands um, uh, in the world have uh, the letter O in them. Okay. This is just, again, one of a thousand plus things that you can learn in these, wow. in these books. Um, I liked the um, I needed to roll off a person's mouth. So, say for instance, my name, Emil Di Felice Market. That doesn't roll off anyone's mouth. <laughs> but Di okay? If you said it in Italian, market. it does. Emilio De Felice Market, or whatever. Yeah. Like that works great, but it doesn't work great in English. So it needs to, you know, it needs to roll off the tongue. Um, I knew immediately we were marketing to women, uh -huh. um, so therefore the logo needed to be round, with a little hint in the soda because there's another little O there. Yeah. Um, so forever, we've, we don't do square business cards. When we did rectangle ones, they at least had the corners rounded, but now we just do round business cards like the bottle cap logo itself. So mm -hmm. Target, one of the great brands, um, doesn't have the letter O in it, but it is in an O. Yeah. But Target is an O. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just tons and tons of things that you can learn in those books, but also just from common sense. So, you know, why do you go to Belgium and, and Holland and these quaint, you know, villages uh, hither and yon? And uh, it's because you feel comfortable there. You feel cozy. Why do you right. feel cozy? It's because of the small buildings. They're like three stories and less, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so I'm thinking, why? why? This is, these are obvious things. I've been around. Um, so, yes, I'm going to want this block instead of that block. This is why. Um, so uh, those it's are wild because it's amazing that you're at this level of thinking. You know what I mean? Like it's because yeah. so you're back. You were a farmer, mm -hmm. and then it sounds like you're more. You got into. Is anybody in your family business minded, sales minded? No, you just um, kind of. No, so so yeah, I was a farmer, but that's just another a facet of the hospitality business. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're just working behind the scenes with a hotel or a chef or whatever. Right. Uh, and I grew up working in restaurants just as a kid and um, in hotels. And so I'm 100% I'm, I'm hospitality. Mm. That is my genetic makeup. That makes sense. If you're at my house, I will bust your t food and bust yeah, your things. Yeah. If I walk through the house, I'm going to clean it as I go, whatever. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, not to introduce politics into this, but this whole mask thing. You wear the mask. You don't wear the mask. It doesn't matter what I think. Guess what? I'm here to make you comfortable. I'm right. wearing the mask. I've been through a lot worse weird stuff than wearing a mask. <laughs> right. um, if you want me to, I don't know, walk around on my uh, hands in a handstand and follow you all the day, I can't be that hospitable. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not possible. But there are certain things I can do. Right, right. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, it, it all emanates from the same place, which is hospitality. I just love the um, level of detail and level of thinking because you're right. Yeah. I mean, when you started mentioning that, it's like, yeah, I do feel comfortable. I've never thought about mm -hmm. why that yeah. so was the first block that you started with that was the uh sylvans is that it was uh, do you remember uh, that I, I guess it was the 1600 block and did you yeah. have to fight yeah. the city hard on like this is the spot that i want versus i would uh, no, i wouldn't say fight i would just have to say just you know explain this stuff was... that i thought would have been obvious or even assumed but right. of course that's incorrect yeah. So it was just a constant, like having to maybe defend and you know, a position. Yep. And this is why this has to happen this way. Gotcha. And then you uh, mentioned, so your first one, you had 225 people mm -hmm. there. Do you still run stats? Yes. And oh, do, yes. yes. Tell, tell us about so that. So we have a way of doing that, which is we count uh, every head on the block from above uh, on the hour. Oh, nice. And we figure maybe an app, maybe we have no way to prove this. So one of the assumptions in this count would be that people stay about an hour. Yeah. I don't really know. Maybe sure. they say five minutes. Maybe they say two hours. Maybe the average is an hour, but that's all, all I can really come up with. So we count heads on the hour. Hmm. 
from above. Um, we're friends with some building owners and we have our own office. It's, it looks down a particular place, whatever. But um, yeah, so we keep we keep kind of that. Uh, and a regular, a regular, like a low day would be 5,000. Um, a, a high day would be uh, like USC Parrots weekend day. Yeah. Uh, that would be like 15,000. Wow. Um, and an average would be eight to 10. Um, That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking like when you started, was the growth, slow and then exponential yes or was is that how it worked yeah i mean every place we started was you know we just kept starting and have not done nothing but start in like run down empty parts of town so we started in olympia i mean nobody's yeah. going to olympia yeah. well all of a sudden nor were anyone going to 701 whaley to get married i might add Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so we started small, there's maybe 10 vendors, who mm-hmm. knows, and then to build up those and to build up the crowd and all, you know, all the, pretty quickly then like that building is full of people and it's a thing and it's a Saturday thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, so when that lease ran out and, um, and we w- went up to main street, uh, we actually started, you know, we would peak out at maybe 33 vendors, I believe at Whaley street and, that was like the most I could put there, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, then I think we started with 26 vendors on Main Street, okay. which is now uh, what we would sort of peg around a third of a block. <laughs> and we're on three to four blocks wow. now. So yeah. like 26 vendors would make me cry yeah. right now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I want to return to your point. And thank you for not... Understanding that there was detail behind all this kind of stuff, two I would give two points there. And one, thank you. This is like a theater. I don't Mm -hmm. want you worrying whether or not we can act, yeah, right, or whether or not I have a genuine costume, right. You should just go there and go away. It's a a magic mushroom. Eat it, Mm -hmm. have fun, repeat. Um, But the other thing is um, because of the low bar of entry for this type of endeavor. for example, I can't wake up tomorrow and become a chiropractor mm-hmm. or a policeman or a doctor, or a lawyer, or most things actually, teacher, right. city council person. But you can wake up and you can be a new market manager right. if you want to. So that is, I believe, one of the one of the things that folks overlook. And uh, when I was just a vendor at markets as a farmer, I, I would call us the collective group victims of good intentions because no one starts one of these things to harm folks. Right. But uh, we always notice like stuff they would do that like would definitely impact us negatively as, as a vendor group. So when I was out selling you know, vegetables or, or pork or whatever, um, as a participant in another market, we would be subject to these changes made by people who actually don't really know how to right, run a market right, who right. hadn't read any of these books or hadn't had any experience. And sure. if you look at places like Charleston, it's, it's set up like the mayor appoints five people to oversee. And it's like, those five people don't have anything to do with anything. Right. right. Like they're just people that, you know, right. they, they don't know anything necessarily. I don't know who you are. Five people don't take it personal. <laughs> but is there, well, uh, is there an example when you're saying that, I guess I don't, I haven't run a market before, so I don't know. Yeah. What would be something that. Uh, okay. So we were up at Clemson Sand Hill market mm-hmm. and we had a nice little spot that's up in the Northeast. Yep. Yeah, 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 right and uh, so there's the giant development. And then you take a sort of a, then on the right, I don't know what these roads are called, but anyway, the giant development is on your left. And on the right is a bunch of Clemson stuff and an orchard. Well, we were right on the side of the road. That worked great. Then we show up and they've redone some kind of barn in the middle of the property. They painted it red and it's real nice, but that's where they're going to put it. And not immediately. I was like, oh my God, you can't see us from the street. No one's going to come. Bingo. Correct. All right. (laughs) How can you do this? There was all these cars right here. So it was just something like somebody had a nice idea to redo a barn and somebody else had a nice idea. Let's put that park. It's because it fit. No, it doesn't make business sense. Yeah. At the very least, drag the barn up here to the road. Um, so that's just one of the you know, many, many things. Now, how do you choose? And, and I imagine you now have a process of choosing vendors who yeah. you'll accept as yeah. a vendor. And tell us about that criteria and, and what you're looking for in a vendor. So, um, you know, when we started Main Street, I had to reconvince everybody because, like I said, there was even fewer vendors because yeah. everyone thought, He's crazy. He's not going to make it or whatever. Right, right. I, I had no such you know idea in my head. Because um, I knew, the, come on, this is an ancient thing, folks. I'm not doing anything new here. Right. This is like 
You know, Jesus did this. Yeah. He went to the market. Shows up, yeah. <laughs> it's That's in the right. Bible. It's on art. It's every. It's everywhere. It's right. just every city you've ever been to. Like, yeah. how can I screw this up? Um, so uh, at the time, I had to just take whoever or beg whoever to be like a you know right. go to like Granger Owings and say, please just display some pants out here. You know, just anything. Just give me some action, man. And they did actually. Thank you guys. Um, so now of course it's different because first of all, yes, there are, you know, four or so blocks available. Um, but there's only still a limited number of spaces. So right now, like more or less closed categories would include, uh, candles or soap. We got that, but you can have a Nordstrom short store that has just five levels of shoes. Then then that's something else. Mm -hmm. So, so we look at like, categories that are that are represented yeah and yeah. well represented and that has a that the back side of that same coin is that um we want our vendors to make money we build these businesses we don't just helter skelter throw somebody else in the mix just for the hell of it or right. make extra money that that's not what we do so we want to build a business if yeah. you if you know us and do business with soda city for a year and you're flatline or going down please let me help you find another way or place right. to do business that's not what that's not what we do we build businesses and um, and and help them at every level they're in and whatever is requested. So so we want to just cover the basics first. We have X number of categories. What are they looking like? Everybody healthy, doing their thing, fine. Then we look at um, uh, so if you get past that level, then the first thing we look for is levels of professionalism. So you wouldn't believe the applications that we get that someone misspells their own website, their own name, right. doesn't bother to hit the cap button at the beginning of a word. It, you know what you're telling Simple us right stuff, there? Yeah, the you know details. what you're telling us? It's going to be difficult to deal with you. Right. That's what you're That's telling us, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And if we say on the top, all caps, you know the reason that is? Well, there's two reasons. One, it helps me see what's going on. Um, but Did two, just, to, just can you follow directions? Because right. we I can't have 175 vendors out there who are on their own directions. Yeah. Right. Okay. They so They don't show up on time. They don't. Right. So it, it, these things are non-negotiables. I mean, there's a there's a hundred different things you have to do correctly at a market that are just rote. You drive this way, you unload that way, you pack up that way, et cetera. So I don't think many applicants realize that they're already communicating to us mm -hmm. before we even know what they do. Just in the first couple of blocks of the application, we can see, have you taken this seriously or not? Right. It's a, well, it's a good point because I think in business in general, when someone comes in for an interview, if they're wearing ripped jeans, right, we don't even let them come into it. We right. don't even start the interview. Right. Um, or if they misspell something on their application, we don't yeah. do it. So I think that's a good way of doing it that maybe a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. It's it's not when you show up and you have the meeting. That's not when it starts. It starts when right. you send that first email. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, I, I uh, you know every once in a while, I'll put like Emil's tips for vendors or something like that. And one of them a while back was if you or typing your email address or it's it's from you know uh tech 819 it's something 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 and it's like who are you and you don't <laughs> sign your name and you're a vendor actually asking a question like it should be jerry at you know jerry's hot dogs.com or something right. like this stuff is right. not hard to figure out yep. right. so you're just damaging yourself from the outset so i'm so i write back you know it's like or or put it in the vendor tip section it's like if you think the people that know you are having a hard time with this. What about the people that don't know you? What about the business that you've tried to cultivate and it goes into the spam folder because this is a weird address you've got. Right. There's That's letters and numbers that don't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what percentage of new applicants is there some issue like that? Oh, I don't even know. It's weird. It's week by week. Sometimes, sometimes you'll get, you know, eight golden, just wow. And then they'll show up and they just, you know, like power to code at a horse trailer. It's the coolest thing you've ever seen. And they've got quiet generators. And it's like, wow, have y'all ever done a market before? Nope. I'm like, woof, boy, that's wow. That's amazing. That mm -hmm. happened the other day. Cool. Uh, what's that? It's called the Thirsty Mare. It's a it's a beverage horse trailer. It's really cool. But they came out first day, just like hitting for the fences, man. You don't see yeah. that very much. Yeah. But then other weeks we get applications when there's just they're all or most of them are just like yikes. Yeah. Um, no. And so it'd be somebody with uh, what I've learned now. It's called the template website who are say buying clothes from somewhere and trying to resell yes. them. Mm -hmm. It's like like that's not that's not what we do. Yeah. Right. You know? So yeah. right. So do you guys have a mission statement that you adhere to? 
That's a great question. <laughs> I'm sure it's something. I didn't mean, I mean, it didn't mean to put you on the spot, but it yeah, just feels like um, you're very specific. So the, the, here's the mission statement, and it, it's stated probably not as a mission statement, but when you are accepted to Soda City, you, the first line you say is, welcome to Soda City. Second line you read is, your income is our priority. That is the mission, is mm-hmm. to develop income increasingly uh, for each vendor and to help build those businesses because all the good things come after that. Number one, if they don't make money, they're not coming back. Therefore, you don't have a, a market. Okay. So that's a basic fact. A lot of people still don't understand that. I'll see like on the South Carolina uh, food truck page on Facebook or something like that. Somebody will, you know, I want five trucks you know, for a birthday party with you know, 60 people. Well, it's not going to happen. That may be your dream. But anybody who owns a food truck is going to say, nope, 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 nope. Right. You don't even understand like what's going on here. This is not a charity organization. It takes three hours to get it together, $500 worth of right. food to mess with it. And then they're out, you know, they're already down 800 but whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So you really, 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 really got to watch their income. And honestly, that's the biggest issue with most other market scenarios that I see is that they're developed, again, with good intentions, but to develop a community or to organic or whatever, it's all great. Occasionally, it's really just like bald, like it's a real estate play that somebody wants to like have a you know this quaint thing in the middle of their thing while they're renting apartments or whatever. Um, but pretty much, I can read uh, within the first three or four or five lines of any kind of new thing, a new announcement, and, and and figure out whether vendor income is the priority or not. And if it's not, they always just go away, yeah. and they're normally yeah. not. Yeah. When it comes to uh, vendors, are there specific vendors? I'm trying to think. If I've ever seen anybody from healthcare or like industries that you're just like, ah, that this might not be a good fit. Right. Like so, for- yeah, for a while, while we were smaller, again, it was a little more of a desperate situation. And we would take the services category, yeah. but you can't like, you know. Hard Again, done. with the thing, I can't have you know, two blocks full of, you know, power spray dudes right. or whatever. It's just not, it's not, uh, you know. Uh, so we, so that got canned a long time ago. Real estate agents, certainly no political, religious, anything. Right. Um, uh, however, health has always been one, um, even, well, not even, but way before the pandemic. But uh, I always gave deference to anything to do with women and children, mm-hmm. period. Uh, in you know, in, in kind of you know, like screenings, abuse, uh, either the abuse thing or the screenings thing, mammograms, yep. uh, sexual, domestic violence, something like that, whatever. All those people always just like, yes, yes, come on, let's go. Yep. Uh, of course. And then when the pandemic came around, we've been doing these shots forever. You can get any, well, I don't really know these days anymore, but for the longest time, and maybe now you can get any of the three shots at the market. Um, including boosters and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, of course, testing and that kind of stuff. All that so, stuff, yeah. So health, yeah, health and wellness. Uh, so the services, like, you know, occasionally we sort of open it up for, um, like, somebody wants to do yoga classes and right. on the hour or whatever. So some things make sense. Yeah. Not all things make sense. And it's difficult um, maybe to write the rule so that you capture every nuance. But yeah. that's just part of the business. What kind of – and I don't know if you how much control you have over this, but some, the mu- musicians and people that that just come set up in the middle and just start playing is that anything that you have to oversee? Is that something that anybody can come and do that are magic shows yeah. or what, bubbles or yeah? Because sometimes I see things that doesn't they don't look affiliated with the yeah. market. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a sticky one right there. Um, you can you can you can do these things uh, with our permission within the market boundary, which is stops at the sidewalk. So if if we're not down with what you're doing, the language isn't right, skill level isn't right, or whatever, behavior isn't right. Yeah, we can have you know have you put on the sidewalk or beyond, and you know you can either go yourself or someone can help you there uh, with a uniform on. Um, most of the time, those kinds of things don't happen. Um, what buskers need is a busker's license from the city of Columbia. Mm-hmm. So they go there and get that thing. And um, then they're allowed to busk anywhere in Columbia. Okay. I'd say the one uh, the one thing that really grates on the vendors is uh, when the folks are disrespectful with noise, particularly ampl- amplification. And um, that's something uh, the city is looking at. Thank okay. goodness, because yeah. it's just, it can be too much. And you yeah. have people trying to make a yeah. living here and then somebody, you know, right next to them, yeah. Blasting something out of a microphone in a speaker. It just it doesn't make sense. And, it's, you know, so 70, I think, is the normal level. But you get up next to a speaker going 70 and it's freaking loud. You can't hear someone talk. Yeah. And uh, it's not pleasant. 
So tell, I'm, you're just super interesting to learn about and, and just your journey here. What's your day look like or week look like leading up to um, these Saturdays? And I guess even take us through the the Saturday because you mentioned waking, how early you wake up mm-hmm. and some of that stuff. But during the week, what do you do? And then tell us about Saturdays. Okay. Well, I'm going to be uh, honest with you. I don't really do much. Uh, there's a staff that does all this okay, stuff nice. now. Okay, nice. Yeah. Because it's been a long time. Right. And I'm 54 and I'm <laughs> a little bit tired. Um, so during the week, things happen like people sign up and the map gets made, which is actually takes a couple of few hours. You know, there's a lot, a lot of variabilities in making a map. Um, somebody may have skin cancer. We know that. We want to put them in the shade. This other person needs a certain power requirement. It's like 30 amp, not 50 amp, but 30 amp, 220, et cetera. We know where the outlet is or this food service truck has a service window on this side or this side, which means, oh, there may be an exception. They come down the road opposite. So you go you go through a lot, a lot, a lot of details. Right. It's, it's a very complicated little puzzle. And um, so people sign up. And, uh, and we answer the questions via email or only a digital outfit. We do not take phone calls or anything like that precisely because everybody needs to look at the same information. You can't have people passing along messages because the information is so detailed. So, um, we, you know, we do all that. So that's sort of, I guess, public facing in a way is when we're dealing with the vendors, Mm -hmm. um, more public facing would be the whole PR thing that happens during the week. And that's timed and considered and thought out and worked on and Photoshopped, et cetera. Um, and then there's a whole other layer of, uh, doing business. Uh, honestly, like I would say running the markets might be like half or less Mm -hmm. because as you know, as a business owner, there's quite a lot of other stuff to do. We probably have 20 different insurance policies. Right. I mean, literally, um, you know, it just goes on and on right. doing business. Oh my gosh, in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, ironically, you know, we are the, the capital of, uh, you know, capitalism and free market and all that, but there ain't much for the small businesses. Like there's no, right. like, it's not an easy road at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, to skip way ahead, like I know everybody thinks this is a great success and all, but y'all, y'all weren't there for the first like 16 years. Right. <laughs> you know, right. it's been yeah. a, you know, I've been married and divorced and kids have grown up sure. and everybody's gotten up at four and seen rats in the storage bin. Like this has been a process, you know. Right. Now it's all nice and spiffy, but it, you know, obviously it wasn't always like this. Um, so, yeah. So then you just do business during the week. Things happen. Um, we have a staff meeting every week um, that lasts for an hour and a half or so. And that's we do that via Zoom. Uh, we can go to our office, but honestly, after the Zoom thing, everybody just thought this is easier. It's easy, yeah. So that's when we just dis- that's when we discuss the applications. So we start off there, uh, and then we just go through the di- different segments of our business. You know, the market itself, the signups, how that how those are looking. What do they look like historically? What do we project them to be? Because we need to ask the city for this block or to close that block or whatever. Um, we do a social media recap. Um, we do a business summary, like, you know, so-and-so just finished the insurance, whatever they do every year, audits, mm-hmm. um, uh, review public facing documents. Um, so it's easy to be a big business uh, or a business and, you know, you, you keep on trucking, but you never clean up what you left behind. Right. So that's part of our process is to regularly visit everything that we've written out there um every place that we're on information you know here's TripAdvisor or whatever i don't know whatever information you put in there right. but like i guess has changed over the years we need to go change it and so forth um so we're constantly like refreshing and um, i'm i'm uh i'm quite a big like i don't know i would say copy uh copy editor so I like I like I like that's sometimes where I concentrate. It's like, can we turn hundred words into seventy words? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, can we only use these types of words? Yes. So we have a writing style that I impose on everyone. Um, basically, it's located in a, a phrase called um, "you attitude." So we use positive words. We. I can't speak unless I really think, which is not worth it right now. But so I don't want to say I only use, I don't use negative words because I use, just use don't. So just y'all just chill for a second. Right. This is the way we do emails and real, real communication. But so we avoid the words, no, not, but, uh, any interrupter, um, can't, don't, 
Yeah. We don't do any of this. Um, every paragraph should have a you in it because the reader doesn't care about the writer. The reader cares about the reader. Mm-hmm. So we want to emphasize that we care about you too. And that's the way you emphasize that. You use the word you. Um, so those are just different. Like, you know, again, yeah. again you're talking you about the details, do. but sure. like this, this is how... This is how detailed I love this that. business is, is that I, I am picky about the words that people use in an email. It's important. It is. Because yeah. you're sending messages all the time. Um, it's And I always give them the example, because we, we work on that with our business. When somebody walks in the door, how long does it take to greet them, you know, yeah. just to be acknowledged? Because you right. walk into a restaurant, and if the person doesn't even look up for, yeah. I mean, it could be seven seconds. It still feels like an eternity of like, hey, I'm here. At least give me like a, I'm on the phone or a look or a wave or something. You don't have to, right. but if you can greet me, that would be even better. And you can very quickly judge, you know, the level and it, and it, and it goes all the way through to like, if your front desk is that bad or hostess is that bad, how's the food going to be? Right. You know, whether it's subconscious or the reality that, that, yeah. so I'd lo- I mean, yeah. the, the amount of detail that you're discussing is remarkable. And I don't think many people in Colombia have have you had any interviews where you've discussed a lot of this stuff because I think this is going to be super interesting to people I don't think I mean I may have done it maybe on a, another level yeah but I don't recall yeah this having is, this mean, discussion in Colombia it's that's good stuff now are there any um mentors or markets that you look to that you uh are are trying to mimic or or emulate and and then the to, the follow-up to that is where do you see soda city? going what's the big vision for this so uh mentors and and markets to emulate that would be two separate things but I definitely have mentors um uh mayor steve was definitely a mentor um former secretary of commerce joe taylor who's now city councilman joe taylor is uh, certainly uh, a great re- mentor and remains so and um uh, uh ari weinziger from um Ann Arbor and uh, Zingerman's Food. This is a huge corporation. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a mentor um, and and a couple of others. So there are people both in business and in the food business um, and in the diplomacy business, like, for instance, Mayor Steve, um, who have helped me learn a lot of stuff. And that's been very helpful. Um, markets are not... Uh, this is not a they're not they're, you can't have a recipe for some so right. although i can admire other markets uh for example like in madison wisconsin their market is on the state capital grounds mm-hmm. so i literally tried to emulate yeah, like, yeah. That, that'd be cool and it was like budget control or whoever they are like controls all that mm-hmm. stuff they're like no <laughs> over <laughs> Okay, next. So you know, it's like okay. yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can admire something, but you know, you can't really necessarily replicate it. And um, wouldn't have been a good idea anyway. But you should have heard my arguments. They were great. I'm like, listen, you guys, you only have a hundred percent negative events on your on your right. property. You could have one positive right. event every single That's week. Wouldn't argument. this be great? <laughs> nope, no sir, it would not be great. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, that's just funny, but, um, so yeah, there's other markets. I guess the way we, re- we regard other markets in general right now is that we just sort of internally compete with them so we can look on, you know, these back insight pages of these social media platforms and you can pick, pick the other ones, you know, so we pick all the biggies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you right now, man, like you take Hilo or Hilo Hawaii. I don't know how you say the word, but. Uh, or Madison, or or uh, New York Green Market, or whatever, and we've got we got all the biggies in there. And I, I don't know if they look at it, but if they did, they'd be surprised because we totally kick their butts all the time. Really? As far as engagement, yeah, views, yeah. and blah blah blah. And again, what, what what the difference is is that we got skin in the game. Mm-hmm. We pay for this to happen, right? You know, that's a board and a nonprofit and a grant and blah blah blah. They don't have the same motivation to get. Right. And it's not that's it's not any point. feathers in my cap. To get extra likes or extra whatever views, mm-hmm. which again we're trying to make vendors money. We don't have any views. You just shot everybody in the foot, right? So you got to have an aggressive program. Yeah, with this with this you know mission statement, yeah, make yeah. people money. That is the mission statement. Yeah. Well, it's cool. I think of a individual business instead of just being a thing for the community. I like that because it's run very efficiently. Mm-hmm. I've only lived here for about three and a half years. Um, but I didn't really know the, I, I didn't 
everybody wanted to go there and my wife was constantly going there. Yeah. Um, but the idea behind it was like, wow, this is so well run. This doesn't make sense because some other areas aren't well run. Um, but it makes sense that it's a private business doing right. a good job for the vendors who then the vendors want to do a good job for everybody else who's coming there. Right. Right. Huh. Um, and they have to do a good job. If you don't do a good job, I mean, it's, it's the equivalent of being our staff, you know, it's like, yep. you can't, you can't, uh, you know, show your bad side out there. Right. Um, but this is the front of the house operation, yep. right? And if you got to treat vendors and guests and our uniforms and our staff with respect, hundred percent of the time. Yep. Have, right. you, have you guys ever had protests to the market? Like I'm thinking of, um, PETA, if someone's selling meat or, oh no, uh, no, no, no. um, the bit, I'm sure the businesses that are around the area love it too because yeah, it brings so absolutely. many people right yes. into that area yeah, too. Yeah. Is there any businesses that have done a really good job promoting it or that you can think Mass of? General, number one, easy yeah, answer. Bingo, Jeremy Bacraft, general manager of Mass General. Okay. That is one team player right there. Really? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he's also the street diplomat and negotiator. And, you know, we have little things about who parks there, whatever, like little squabbles that erupt between various brick and mortars or whatever. Wow. Um, but he is he is the number one, uh, you know, cat on Not Main Street. Besides, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, it's obvious. But uh, uh, from an institutional point of view, I would say the city center partnership, which is Matt Kennel and Jenna Bridgers as a CCP, which are you would see them as the yellow shirts, okay. the people who clean and put out yeah. barricades oh, and yeah. drive golf carts and mm -hmm. help people go to the bank and all that. Mm -hmm. um, so that city center partnership, and that is a group that works for the building owners in the, I think it's 36 block BID district. Okay. So downtown. So they yep. are an organization that work for the business owners. So it's, and they do get a little bit of money from the city. It's, it's actually more than a little bit. It's a couple hundred grand maybe, but, um, but then somehow they get their own money. I don't know. And they, keep everything nicer than it would otherwise be kept. Wow. Right. Yeah. So they mess with the garbage cans and, and you know, there's a lot of them got homeless, mm -hmm. you know, so the, the, the back end of all our jobs, um, one of the CCP found one of my homeless friends dead of her hypothermia the other day. Mm. Um, one of my staff has um, been a witness to a, a, a Marriott suicide from above. Oh, no. So, um, you know, we haven't even gotten to what happens on Saturday. Uh, right. I told you what happens during the weekend in general, like I'm doing now. But, mm -hmm. but there's a back end. There's mm -hmm. a back end. Right. You know, and uh, you're you're living in real time, and uh, stuff can happen. That's uh, what I yeah. I've, I've been a, I've been physically attacked there. Um, uh, vendors have you know threatened other vendors and driven on the wrong side of the road to get somebody back about something. And you know, we take care of this yeah, stuff, yeah, but like. Yeah. But it's, it's it's called living in the world, right? People are people, you know. Yeah, that kind of brings yeah that brings me back to like the Saturdays, and because you won't even think about what time are you sh or is your team or you were showing up to get things rolling if it no. starts at nine. So um, we start letting cars in at seven thirty, and they all need to be off at eight thirty. So that means our okay. staff needs to be there around six thirty to start marking spaces. Gotcha. So we roll up, we have chalk and measuring, and at this point, like it's everybody knows where everything is, but. But, you know, even there, there are some little tricky things about marking everything out. But um, and then then folks start coming where meanwhile, the cops are towing cars, um, you know, if they're parked incorrectly, which is if they're still there at all. And uh, and uh, depending, like if you say USC parents weekend, they'll relocate cars because right. people maybe don't know. But if it's just a regular weekend, they're probably going to tow them. Mm -hmm. So we, we try to, you know, like understand reality on that point, too. We don't want to, you know, anger Right. guest at the Marriott for no reason. So uh, so those kinds of things are happening. We're clearing the street off. We're filling the street back up. We're making sure that, you know, somebody didn't park their dang car right in the middle of the street unloading and all four doors were open and nobody else can pass. And so it's just little logistical things like that. And then, you know, we have a we have walkie-talkies, radio, real deal, you know, Motorola things. And so we can all talk to each other anywhere in the Midlands. Um, and you know, so we have a great communication. Yeah, yeah. We're on the same, the cops have our radios so we can talk to the cops. Just so it's complete instant communication. Mm -hmm. So we don't, um, I like to call it being bulletproof. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, something can go wrong, but everything I, we can control, I will control, yeah. mm -hmm. but we, we will not be suffering because somebody didn't hear somebody else holler down the road. I need help. No, that's on a radio. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, so those are some of the like thing. And then once the market starts rolling, you know, then it's, 
you know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, we did the bridge dinner. Um, we founded that and, uh, for the first five or so years. And, um, I always told everybody, cause it's a massive undertaking. Yeah. You get there around five o'clock in the morning and start, you know, putting tables up for 1400 people, you know, mm -hmm. and by the night time, it needs to be a luxury restaurant. And by midnight, you need to be off and it needs to look like a bridge again. And, um, my like marker of encouragement was like the minute you set down the salad course, the evening is starting to end mm -hmm. because the minute you set down the last salad, when someone's already finished the salad, which means guess what? You get to start picking up stuff. Right. And everything that goes down is just about to ready to be picked up. So right. the minute that salad goes down is this, the, this, the beginning of the end of the evening, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, so just like to wrap your head to help people feel positive right. about it. But that's sort of like the beginning of the market. It's like, okay, well, we, you know, we worked for five and a half days and now here we are. So yep. now it's the beginning of the end. We set our own tent up, which is blue. We require all the other tents to be white for retail purposes. Um, our tent is blue so people can identify it and see it for lost and found and lost kids and keys and gotcha. whatever it is. So. Do you still have a tent for your farm? Do you still do the no, farming? No, I stopped farming. No, okay. um, uh, uh, ethanol killed me. Okay. Yeah. So I was, uh, went from about two or $3,000 a week in cash to buy feed to about eight or nine. Wow. Yeah. You can only hang out for a few weeks That's like that. Wild. Yeah. Cash or care, you know, it's like, yeah. So at some point I was like, this ain't happening for me right. anymore. Prices have long since calmed down, but I mean, I couldn't, I just couldn't hang nuts. out there. Yeah. yeah. How big is your team at this point? How many, how many people are considered like your staff? We have about, I'd say six or seven staff. Six or seven. Okay. There. Nice. Yep. And they're there every Saturday. Mm -hmm. That's the team that's kind of on the ground. Yeah. Or, I, mean, I would say like one, two, three, four, four or five there every Saturday. Yep. It was yeah. it tough convincing. I mean, I guess they know what they're getting into, but getting somebody that knows they're going to be working sat every Saturday. Um, I guess by the time they, you know, filter up to you, like, and they're, it's like, they've already digested know, that. Yeah, so it's like, shouldn't be any surprise. Right. Um, right. I had some guy wanting to work on my farm and he was from Connecticut and he drove a Volvo onto my farm just out of the blue in the pre-email days. And he said, I want to, uh, I want to work on the farm. I was like, okay, who are you? He's like, from Connecticut, I'm Jerry or whatever. And like, I just want to work here, you know, like until it gets hot. And I was like, yeah, that's a joke, right? He's like, no, just like until through May. I was like, mm -mm, sorry, right. <laughs> you don't get to work here right. and cherry pick that and, and leave me hanging. That, absolutely not. So he said, you know, it, it is what it is. It's yeah. a, we're a weekend business and, uh, and that, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't personally mind. I never did mind. Yeah. I'm not. Um, I don't have a pool. I'm, I don't think I could be relaxing too much around a pool. Sure. Um, so for me, like I'm going to be doing something. Let's do, yeah. You know, what am I doing? Yeah. Do you have any regular vendors that have been with you over the years? Like who's your longest standing yeah, vendor that you can yeah. think of? I think that our longest standing vendor is uh, Floral and Hardy Flower Farm there from out in Lexington. That's Donna Mills. Nice. And she was a vendor at the very first market. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, she's a badass. I'd say she's about 65 plus Just years old and she drives a brand new Mustang hot rod. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I want to go back to where the vision. Where do you see like this the the Soda City going? Is it do you just see this growing just here in Columbia? Do you see it expanding into yeah. other cities? What So, um I used to see a lot of stuff and um <laughs> You know, uh, for a long time, I tried to, with a friend of mine here, um, get control of the Cadillac, uh, not, the, not the entire property on Main Street north of Bellwood, but just the building. Mm -hmm. And I was offered by two different folks, and it never worked out because whoever's doing it with it now doing something else, whatever. But the back half of the Cadillac dealership across from uh, Into Coffee and Circuit yeah. Barbershop, yes. that would have been a cool thing. It's that like is. It's like... 150 by 100 yep and it would have been a cool like everyday type of market right. you know, where they it used to be where they fixed the cars yeah so the big doors could come up and yeah. it could be like a wet market you know it could be like you don't have to have air conditioning all that just sure. cement and produce and hoses and fish i don't know mm -hmm. yeah, i thought it have been a really great like urban downtown market cool. um and we've had other you know offers and you know entities from you know different municipalities athens georgia wherever uh and um yeah. So before the pandemic, I was really all about growth, growth, growth. And yeah. now I'm all about retirement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I just, I don't need, I just, whatever. I don't need the aggravation. Yeah. No, um, it can go a lot of other places. Yeah. Uh, and maybe somebody else will take the helm. Sure. Um, and uh, that's certainly a possibility. And um, so it could be um, multiplied around town. It could be multiplied across the southeastern region. Uh, it could become, you know, like I said, a brick and mortar. It could become right. online sales. Yeah. It could take hospitality tax. Yeah, it could do a lot of things. Sure. Um, but right now, I'm just thankful that we have it. Uh, and I have since divested um, Mardi Gras, which we founded, the Bridge Dinner, which we founded, and other things. So just to focus on this exact one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, because life got complicated, and then life got simple, and I like simple. Yeah, good. And what, what do you personally like to do in Columbia? Besides I, the soda Because everybody market. says to us, oh, I love going to the soda city yeah. market. So I'm curious. Well, what first of all, just let me tell you some do. funny things. Because everybody, uh, I don't know, sometimes you just get spacey. But there's been times when I leave my house and I'm all ticked off because I can't get out of my neighborhood in Shandon. And um, another dang road race. And then I realize, oh, I set this one up. It's the Mardi Gras race. <laughs> 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 I'll be coming back from the lumber store, like out uh, mm -hmm. out in West Columbia, um, uh, Schumann Owens, like on a Saturday morning. And I'll be coming back through town, just shaking my head. I'm like, I cannot believe how long I have to wait for these people across the street. It's like, oh, it's my event. <laughs> so you sort of have to slap yourself because you sort of forget. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, what do I like to do? The rivers are the number, I think, are our number one asset. Uh, Congaree uh, National Forest, uh, biking around town. Um, so it doesn't seem like I've gone to restaurants in a long time here and there. Um, but I think outdoors, that's our calling card. That's our calling card yeah. in Columbia, South Carolina. We've really got it going on. All these pathways, the three rivers, yeah, right. um, class four or five rapids, um, uh, just lovely. Right. This new Green Street Bridge is going to make things easier to get back and forth to the river. The um, build out they're doing around the baseball stadium seems like that's going to be incredible for Columbia. Yeah. 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 So I think we have a lot of, um, you know, the, you know, if you're talking about the future of uh, Columbia, which you know would include the market, I guess. But, but if you look at our logo, it says Soda City Brain Body Belly, mm -hmm. and it says so refreshing. Um, it was a little bit of a counter to the cool, but I thought maybe it left a little bit hanging. But the famously hot thing, yeah. very adaptable and flexible. And it's cool. And it's fine. And it really worked great. That's not really the, what I would have led with. Right. Hot. Um, so instead I said, so refreshing. What's refreshing about Columbia, South Carolina is that, that we have dozens and dozens of different nationalities. Mm -hmm. um, it's a melting pot. We're open. We're vibrant. We have cool businesses. We have three ballets. We've got a guy who invents guitar pedals. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's just like we got a lot, a lot of great of cool stuff. Yeah. And so it's not a manufacturing town. So how do we position ourselves as a creative class community? Richard, Florida and all that stuff. And... Um, so it says brain, body, belly, because I want, I wanted to, and I, I think I think was successful at rebranding our city. Yeah. As it was, first of all, we need a nickname. Famously right. hot is an adjective and a uh, adverb or something. Um, so you can't go there. You can go to like the windy city. Right. You can go to Hotlanta, Big Apple. So I thought we needed a, a word, a noun. So you can go to Soda City. And from Chucktown to G Vegas, to, you know, Hub City. So <laughs> can't think of it. I want to have a T-shirt sometime. It'd be fun. Get all the names of South Carolina. Um. So uh, and then and then so you then you have now you have a nickname, and you've you marketed it to women. Why do we market for women? Because all the men will follow. Yeah. It doesn't matter which percentage you identify with. Right. It matters not. You all men love the women. <laughs> uh, so that just cuts my advertising focus yeah. in half. Yeah. Like I don't have to worry about any of the men. Yep. Yep. Women. Yep. Um, so we want to be able to attract folks to Columbia, given the fact that we don't keep folks in Columbia. Right. At all, including my kids. Right? One lives in New York and one lives in London. Hmm. And uh, and I honestly don't recommend they come back. Come on, right? Be serious, right? Um, I don't want to grow up in the same neighborhood and stick around the same thing. That's that's, that's nuts. I mean, come back later or something. Have a sure. kid near forty, or whatever. But um, but anyway, in the meantime, we need to be a net recruiter for the city and um, and for our region. I should say, um, the ULI Urban Land Institute a while back, a few years ago, pegged our growth. As as it exists now, 
as now supposedly is in our greater, greater region. A thousand people move here every month. Huh. Doesn't mean that more pe- people don't move out. Right, but that's right. a lot of people right. incoming. Yeah. Right. Um, so we need to think about who these people are and attract people. I mm-hmm. even do this on a on a weekly basis at my Airbnb. I'm helping two people right now relocate. Really? Um, one of whom it was my idea to live here, <laughs> and it wasn't their idea, and they're relocating. Yeah. Yeah. These are people from cold weather places. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And the other dude uh, was retiring from a you know huge company in, in New York. And he I, he was thinking about three or four cities. But after he sat on my property in my Airbnb for two weeks and after talking with me, he's moving to Columbia. Yeah. I haven't found him a house already. Yeah. yeah nice. um, so, you know, that, that's that's like extreme activism on my part. But um, but as a city, we need to recruit people, that, which means the brand needs to be correct, which brain, body, belly is the brand creative class community. Why is that the brand of a creative class community? Is because the folks who type for a living, um, I don't, yeah, or or, uh, government for a living or doctor for a living or whatever it is, they want to go out and have a physical experience like a meal or a walk or a bike ride or a kayak or something. But that's the physical thing. Now, as a manual laborer, most of my life, uh, the, the last thing I wanted to do after working on a farm and you know hauling X tons of feed and this and that and fix my muffler and all that would be like going on a walk, yeah. you know. Yeah. I would be like, you've got to be crazy. I'm going <laughs> to sit on the couch, watch TV, and drink six beers. Um, uh, so those people want to do different things. Obviously, um, they're not going to get up off of the factory shift and go mountain biking. Right. Um, so that is who we are. This is what we have. It's important to market ourselves that way. Uh, I have to say, we got some great groups. Um, uh, Experience Columbia, Dana can tell me. And she's somebody y'all should have on here, interview yeah. her. Um, and uh, uh, even our airport, um, CAE, they do a great job of, of, of marketing our town. Um, so there's a lot of people who get this. Um, and certainly... Um, What's the big group that Luke Kennedy and Bill Boyd headed up? They do like an annual report of Columbia. It's really helpful. Um, They're like Columbia's best? Is that? No. I mean, they give all the stats of Columbia. I don't know. We'll figure it out later, folks, and stick it on the website here somewhere. Um, But anyway, there's metrics, you know, about who's being recruited, where, how much everyone makes, how much everybody pays in taxes in their house and their blah, 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 whatever. And so these guys assimilate it all. That might have something to do with ingenuity. All these groups, sometimes yeah. they get mixed up with who they are exactly. Um, but anyway, there are a lot of people who understand this and who are working on it in, in, in positive and in successful ways. And uh, we just got to keep on doing that. Because um, if, we, if we stop... If we, if people stop, smart people start stop coming here, we are sunk. We're in trouble. Yeah. Your houses go down in value. Everything go down in value. Right. Your life goes down in value. Your experience and possibilities in Columbia reduce. So it's imperative that we keep drawing more people yeah. to yeah. this city cool. who are in the, um, you know, in the business of turning something in your mind right. is the way I look at it into, into money. Mm-hmm. That that's mm-hmm. if whether it's a guitar pedal or it's a it's a t- Tesla or if it's you know uh, if it's a doctor's skill about you know right uh, whatever their uh, procedures are but it's like making money out of your mind that's the difference between about making money with your body, um, which is by de- definition limited you know I I knew I was in trouble farming when I was working seven days a week and I wasn't getting ahead running yeah. right it's like I got no more days to move my arms and legs mm-hmm. so I best figure out a new way to angle this here because this ain't working. Cool. That's a good yeah. point. So that, so then my follow-up to that, you already started to kind of answer this, but who do you think would be great for us to have on the podcast or we should be and for people in Columbia to and, hear? Yeah. yeah. People maybe yeah. would love to hear their backstory or they just don't know some details or this would be a great one right here. I got on the t-shirt. It's Colite, um, Wade Kaufman. That'd be interesting for y'all. Okay. Um, Wade is, uh, he developed Flow over in West Columbia, yeah. those cool apartments. Yeah. Yes. He developed um, a, a lot of the stuff and probably, I think, still owns the land in front of uh, Stone River, whatever that thing is in the West Columbia Park, all that grassy area. But I know he built some houses up there okay. on the river. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, anyway, he's got um, the three acres, I think, maybe four acres in West Columbia that is the location of the former Colite Sign Factory. Which was an international sign company yeah. that would make like Mercedes Benz, you know, right, giant right, signs. Right. 
And uh, anyway, I, I guess they've gone somewhere else or whatever it is, but um, those build, buildings have been vacant for a long time. And Wade is taking those buildings and um, building uh, something along the lines of uh, Industry City in, in New York. So where like there could be a foundry, there could be an right. ice cream shop, there could be, you know, just places where folks make things, do things, have yeah. events, live so a little village within the village of West Columbia itself. And so one of the most innovative and uh, probably risky projects I've seen in this town. Um, so that would be an interesting person yeah. to, with whom to speak. Um, you mentioned Experience Columbia. Was that Dana? Mm -hmm. Can tell me. C-A-N-T-E-L. And I think it's M-Y-I or something. But you can look on their site yep. and it would yep. be a name that sort of spells something like that. Like that. Yeah. All right, nice. Um, Kim Jameson, that would be a, a, a cool duo, actually. Kim Jameson from the airport. Yeah. Uh, and that's Jamie, I.E. Sun, Jameson. And I can send you this stuff. They're in contact if you yeah. want. Um, uh, uh, Scott Newelkin from Cola, uh, Cola City Bike Collective. That's a cool outfit. Um, and that's N-E-U-L-K-E-N, Scott Newelkin. Mm -hmm. And so he that's a nonprofit that deals with bikes and given to those who need them and sold to those that's and cool. repaired to those and so forth and so on. So he is a real that's a really that's a really great uh, community effort. Um uh, Rita Patel, owner of the Trundle Hotel. Yeah. That's a cool She's place. super she started out as a vendor at the market. No way. Yeah, it's called Daddy Tika or something like that. It was her and her dad. Yeah, before she even thought about having a hotel. Yeah. So I was gonna say you probably meet so many interesting people and businesses. Yes. Just yeah, that's awesome. So when it, when this happens, it's really great and completely unanticipated. But because we I've dealt with thousands of businesses and, and people over a relatively compressed time, my learning curve has just been so steep. Right. So my 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 sort of feedback loop is right quick on stuff. You know. We can even play things out at a particular market. Does it work? Does it not? I don't have 51 other chances this year to work it out. You right, know? right. <laughs> so it's like we have so much uh, ability to learn, even to this day. We never close a market where we didn't learn something new right. about running a market. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and that's one of the interesting things about this business, hospitality in general, and certainly agriculture, is that there's so many facets to it. You can hardly, it's not like, you're not like pulling a lever on the assembly line, which right. you definitely get sick of. So there's so many facets to this business. I can't possibly get bored of anything. Right. 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 So even with, with agriculture, even though I'm not, I don't have a farm for 20 years, but right. So right now, what am I into? Birds. I got at least 20 different varieties of birds in my yard. Really? I got, I got containers. <laughs> I just need this the one. I, I, I got, I got, I got, I got containers that. of alpaca and hay so yeah. that they can build their own nests. No way. Um, different feeding programs. Some like to feed in the air on the ground, other places somewhere else, whatever. But I, and I'm about to put up a 370 room, a, a bat. It's called a bat rocket. It has room for 370 bats yeah. in it. Um, so I'm going beyond just your garden birds. Uh, and after that comes the swift chimney, which will hold, I don't know, 500 birds. Um, so, I mean, I'm, you're in the bird. Game yeah. So now. it's just, it's just, it's just <laughs> interesting because you can go from a couple hundred acres plus right. looking at these big things or now I'm like a little, I'm on a little tiny quarter, yeah. quarter acre lot thing. But it's like, wow, if it's just like looking close at the forest floor. You can look at 200 acres or you can look at one square foot. I'm telling you, you look at one square foot for a long time, you'll see well. a lot yeah, of stuff yeah. going on. That's a good point. So, so that's ducks, ducks, geese, parrots, parakeets. Peacocks? Well, Peacocks, yeah. I've got some uh, some gorilla uh, ideas, which I can't say because then I'll be accused of them and they'll be right. <laughs> so I'm not going to say what my gorilla ideas are. But one thing was cool, I just got back from New York City and I was in a bookstore in Industry City and it said Birds of New York. So I picked it up and they do have stuff like parrots. And like, you know, egrets and other stuff because they got Hudson River and then the ocean. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. They have like radically different birds than we do. Hmm. Like wow. completely different categories than we even have here. So yeah. what got you into birds? Like where did well, that come from? Uh, well, you got to do something. <laughs> Um, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I bought this house from a, um, a couple who had recently passed away. They were their mid nineties, yeah. and um, Colonel Hackett was a fighter pilot in World War II. Flew seventeen missions, if I'm if I'm right. Anyway, he retired from the army and came to live at this house for thirty or forty years. And um, 
when he got out of the army in the, I guess, the late 40s, he uh, lived in England and um, learned about cottage gardening. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I guess, fell in love with that. And he came back and put it into place on this property. So I don't have, there's not a stick of grass on this place. Everything under your feet and 100 feet in the air is he put there. And it's all for birds. Wow. So places for them to nest, to hide, to feed, every bush, every tree. Everything is calculated already. So he yeah. was into the birds. And... I'm really into everything he built and uh, right. or they built. And so that was Mr. and Mrs. Hackett and um, from, from Shandon. So I'm just trying to build on what they've already sure. started. And uh, it turns out like it's fascinating. Yeah. I, to me, like when I, you were saying all these birds, I was thinking I just can't stand bird shit. Like, yeah. is that everywhere with all that stuff? No, I, in fact, I never even see it. I really? Don't, I mean, no, okay. all, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're all, I don't know. <laughs> that's what I think of very birds. Polite, like, oh, I very polite, very polite birds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. I mean, if you park your truck under a tree where they're roosting, yeah. you're going to get, that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, but you yeah. also got tree sap and whatever else. Yeah. But um, yeah. but yeah, anyway. That's great. Well, hey, we, we know you're a busy man. We appreciate your time. Um, we're excited for people to hear about this. I think we've been thank we've you been for having me hyping hyping this up, and people have been excited to listen. I to hope this. I so live up, you know, low expectations <laughs> on the key to happiness. Spend a week hyping it back down, and then play the episode. <laughs> All right, we appreciate, appreciate it. you. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Here we're here for the health of it. For the health of it.